Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan and Bruce Backman here on the Nahum Siegel Network. And it's been a historic week. Historic. We, we're throwing that phrase around quite a bit these days, Bruce. Um, but it has been a historic week for only the third time in American history and the third time in the Republic we have impeachment hearings going on about the potential or the process for removal of the duly elected president of the United States that were opened yesterday to great fanfare, great theater, great theatrics. And I watched the first day, although I can't say I was wall-to-wall, Bruce, but um, I think both sides uh, scored points. I think, unfortunately, uh, well, both sides are at certain advantages and disadvantages. Uh, with regard to this. Obviously, the Democrats control the process, so the Republicans are kind of on the defensive. Um, There were some interesting points that I saw, but the Republicans have, of course, the power of the White House on their side in so far as some of the key witnesses are not being permitted to testify and are not being permitted to come. So, we really are relying on kind of second and even third-hand accounts of things that happened. Having said that, the if you want to listen to just the narrative that happened, uh, it's it's not a great story. Is it impeachable? Is it removable? Uh, I continue to think it's not, but it certainly doesn't make the administration uh, into in a flattering light, and that's the unfortunate piece for the country. At the same time, I expected a lot more in the way of theatrics, a lot more in the way of uh, maybe some dis- more disruption from the Republicans. They didn't do the things that they did during the Jerry Nadler hearings. I thought Schiff runs a much better hearing than does Jerry Nadler, even though Jerry Nadler is a New Yorker. I think he did a great job, did not lose his cool. He didn't do some of the, I think, w- the very regrettable mistake that he will continue to regret of his parodying of the uh, president's uh, phone call. I, I, but uh, I happen to say he did run. A, he did run a pretty good hearing. It was I mean, pretty a long hearing. hearing. I mean, if you make, if you know, I, I run a good. I can play a good basketball game if I decide that after I score a point, I get the ball back. You know. You know. Well, I, hearing is as as I as I said, the the Democrats have advantages. The Republicans have advantages. If you're going to impeach a president, once, let, let's let's say the president side, is impeachable. One let's, wait, wait. Pros, one side is always going to have an advantage in politics. They are always going to have an advantage. But at the end of the day, if you're going to do something like this, and we've seen this historically with other administrations and even other impeachment processes over time. You know, the Democrats are going to have to, at some point, for lack of a better word, produce a blue dress. Without a blue dress, they can't impeach him. You can't impeach somebody on hearsay. You can't impeach somebody on circumstantial evidence. I mean, you, my God, you can't, you can't even convict somebody in most courts in this country on this stuff. So, you know, in, in small claims court, this you're going to have to have a dress. This is not a judicial hearing. It's not about judicial. In the court of public opinion as well, not just according to law. Yeah. You're going to have to have something besides I heard, they said, I was around, I heard about it. You know, you're going to have to have somebody come forward with something substantial. Yeah, I think. Otherwise, it's like we all hate Trump. We think he's a bad guy. We wish we didn't vote for him. We think he's got to be removed. He's terrible. Adam Schiff is 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 a parasite jewish or not jewish he's you know what they have 
just beyond. You know, if the Democrats really want to remove this president and get Republicans, quote unquote, on board, then make a process that one Republican can get behind. One Republican can get behind. They can't get a vote from one Republican in the House. There's plenty of moderates still in the House. My God, they can't even get Peter King on board. He's retiring. Get one Republican in the House to say that this process is fair. They can't do it. You know why they I can't think, do it? Because Adam Schiff changed all the rules. Some of them going back to I, Thomas Jefferson. I think that, unfortunately, and we've talked about this before, both sides are living in parallel universes. It's not about a parallel there, universe. There, there is. There you is an what? element. There is no, an I element wonder, of that. With, with Iran-Contra, how come Ronald Reagan wasn't impeached? People always ask. You think of terrible crimes in American history done by a president. Because, how come? Because I... I don't think that anybody was able to tie. Democrats controlled both houses. Nobody was able His to... His approvals were low. Nobody was able to tie the decision-making directly to the president. As no. opposed to here... Wait. Wait. No, 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 no. As no. opposed to here... No, 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 no. You don't want to I'll wait. I'll tell you why. You no, don't, you don't want to wait from... History. You don't want to wait from my answer. Reason. You don't want to wait for my okay, answer. You're answer? asking my question. You're asking a Go question. Ahead. You don't want to wait for... If you don't, that's fine. Go ahead. I don't mind because... I know where you're going with this, it. It's not the reason. That seems very similar to what we saw on the Hill. Okay, if you so go ahead. I don't think they were able to tie as opposed to here that it seems that it seems that and not even denying that. The, see, that's the problem here. There isn't really a good defense. Nobody has tied. Ronald nobody Reagan, has tied this Ronald directly to, to Ronald Reagan. Did two things that Donald Trump would not do and did not do. And that's why they didn't impeach. Well, because he admitted his mistake. He admitted it as a spake in one of the best crafted speeches. And that was in one of the great yes. Correct. That's one. And two, and the one that's not talked about. He he dumped all the paper. He said, here's everything. Look through it yourself. So this is what it is. Well, well that's look through it but yourself. So so we There get, was a paper dump. So we're getting back at the end of the day, getting, Ronald Reagan crossed the line and he said, Here's everything. We're look. getting back to that issue here. And I we I said this last week, Bruce. If they would go, instead of going with the strategy of everything's perfect, we didn't do anything wrong, read the transcript, blah, 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 whatever. That's the alternative universe. The alternative universe is, to, the real universe should be, look, you know what? It's probably unseemly. But kind of as Mick Mulvaney said, politics is unseemly. Some of the stuff that we do is politics a little bit unseemly. Politics is very unseemly. Okay, foreign affairs is unseemly. You're dealing with some corrupt governments. Sometimes you got to play hardball. And we did it. And guess what? Nobody suffered. American foreign policy didn't suffer it. But in the end, if you want to go with the absolutist idea of everything's perfect, nothing ever, read the tra you read the transcript truthfully, it's enough to make people a little bit uncomfortable. And I thought... That I've read the transcript. It's not that uncomfortable. I said it's enough to make some people uncomfortable. Some people uncomfortable and they see the president's face. That's not a reason to no, impeach no, no. somebody. Wait, wait, wait. I wasn't. Okay. Fine. So let me spell it out what makes it uncomfortable. Okay. If you say, if you say you have an American ally fighting the Russians, you know you already have a Russia problem. Okay. Perception. Okay, you have a perception of a Russia problem. You want to say it's not a real light. You want to say it's a fake problem. Whatever it is, I think actually we might get to it later. The Roger Stone uh, trial, which has got no coverage because of the impe impeachment uh, inquiry. I think it's uh, the last three days of the Roger Stone trial have been quite remarkable in what they've actually revealed in actual real um, testimony that have gone on and Steve Bannon's testimony about 
Roger Stone and WikiLeaks and the president himself communicating about WikiLeaks, but we'll leave that aside for now. What's enough to make you uncomfortable is to say we have an American ally who is desperate for military aid, who's fighting the Russians who have invaded their country, and you're conditioning this on specific the Bidens. And apparently the Bidens was said, and nobody is denying actually the Bidens were said. And now the Republicans are saying, well, so what? We should investigate the Bidens. You're picking one American citizen out of 350 million, and you're saying, let's, investi- let's investigate one him. One second. I like Joe Biden. He's a nice guy. But his son has no business getting no $50,000 a month no business from a whatsoever. Ukrainian sketchy oil company that his father bragged about firing no some prosecutor. No business whatsoever. There's weird stuff there, too. That's right. And, and you know what? It's it, it, Listen, the Democrats, the Schiff's problem is really this. Should? Schiff's real issue is this. Lindsey Graham just said yesterday, he said, if this Mitch McConnell said there's going to be a trial. Yes. And if there's going to be a trial, Republicans control the Senate, just like Democrats control the yes. House. Yes. And they're going to subpoena everybody. As they should. Hunter Biden will be subpoenaed. Adam Schiff will be subpoenaed. Hell, the whistleblowers are going to find a way to subpoena him. They're all going to get subpoenaed. The Democrats are going to get what they paid for with this whole thing. Because the reality is, is that if they really want to go after Trump, go after Trump on issues. They want to impeach Trump, correct? Trump is out of office in a year and a bit. No, they're going to impeach him. They want to have him out of office. Nobody started this with the idea that they're not going to impeach him. It's going to happen. And I think even from yesterday, they have the second. And you have have more witnesses coming. I have a question. I have a question. They're going to impeach him, correct? They have the votes. They're going to impeach him. I think it's pretty good. What about if the trial turns into a flop and the Republicans have something that comes out that's that's, that's awesome? That's like a moment of epic proportions that changes the debate in the House and the media. In in these hearings? In these hearings. It's possible. Great. But let's say it does. I, I would love to. Do you see, think that I, impeachment still goes through? I would love to. There's save, a lot of moderate Democrats would, elected in swing districts. I would love to save the country from this. This I is think, totally unnecessary. Well, it's unnecessary because the president could be out of office next year anyway. So fine. But so, the Democrats don't think they can beat the president no. at the ballot box. So why not? Because they looked at the map. He's so, doing okay. So why not cooperate in the inquiry then? If there is this exculpatory, it's not yet. about cooperating in the inquiry. You can't, Adam Schiff. With all due respect, and unfortunately, like I'm comparable Republicans on the side, is not somebody you can cooperate with. I mean, if you I have feel no, the need, I have, if you feel the need to change Thomas Jefferson's rules, I have no, and, and 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 protocols after two hundred and something years to do this, then there's no one home to talk to. I, I mean, you've seen him on television. You see the way he speaks. You see the way he carries himself. You see the things that come out of the mouths of him and his staff. You think there's someone to negotiate with? There's a rabbi in Manhattan told me years ago. I said, you're fighting with this other rabbi. I said, how come you guys can't get along? So I met the guy. He says, I understand. He says, what do you mean? I said, in Yiddish. There's no, with no one to speak. I, I, I understand. There are, were other people in Washington who, if they were in this committee, there's with whom to speak. Okay. And so, there's no one to speak with. Okay. So, let- so what are you going to deal with? I mean, he's, he's, clearly, he's clearly on, a, on, on the war path. And there's no one to talk to. And the truth is, I think Nancy Pelosi's trying to rein him in himself. But she's given up because she's scared of losing her speakership. Okay, so let's back up for a second. She didn't even want this. Let's go back. I agree she didn't want She it. probably still doesn't want this. It w- you I, think Steny Hoyer wants this? I think as... Let's, I, but you have AOC I will, and the I will squad go back, and, cr- and I will go back to my original statement. I will go back to my original theory here is that if you would have taken a different tack of saying that this could have been done better, take the Ronald Reagan tack or whatever, okay? You want to say Giuliani is a rogue agent. He has no business making foreign policy. We don't know what he's doing. He's doing his own thing. You want to investigate Giuliani. Go ahead, 
investigate him. Okay? And then you, I think, personally, mm -hmm. you would have saved this from going down this road. Okay? Well, the other thing but, but the inability to admit or to give one inch, and that's always been Trump, and maybe that's where he gets, and that's, and that's benefited him for throughout his political life, his, mm. his short and very successful political lifespan. However, doing that in this case, I think, all but daring uh, stonewalling, not allowing people to testify, uh, fighting everything, uh, any, any uh, congressional oversight, I think has been to his detriment because you have let the more... Um, the more strident radical voices on the Democratic side, you've given them more power. And in politics, that's that's what's happened. You know where I, this happened? I think, you why, know where did this the, happened? why did this happen? Do you know where this all happened? Tell me. This happened because the Democrats were never willing to acknowledge that he won the election. Okay. And everything comes from there. You know, after, the, after, were after Donald Trump won the election, there was a lunch in the Capitol Hall. I saw the speech, and he congratulated and gave warm remarks to Hillary and Bill Clinton. There were, from there, from that speech, you started with this Russian nonsense, which went to, led to nothing, and the president decided that there's no one with whom to talk to, and there's no one with whom to negotiate. I don't think Donald Trump came in as a doctrinaire conservative, and I don't think as he came in with somebody who wasn't willing to deal and negotiate with Nancy Pelosi or, or Chuck Schumer to do things. But they made a decision as a party that this is what they want to do. They want to go down this route. They felt it was effective. There was going to be gains for them. They won in 2018. It worked. But you know what? 2020 is coming. And when he's on top of the ticket, he still is ahead in most of the battlegrounds against everybody except Joe Biden. And Joe Biden right now, unfortunately, with this case coming up and his son being embroiled, I mean, it's going to be just a matter of time before Democrats start saying that Joe Biden has a liability issue on his son because they're going to want to get ahead of him and they're going to need something. It was Al Gore that pushed Willie Horton, not George Bush in 1988. Let's remember, this is going to be a cutthroat primary in Iowa and they're going to say, you can't elect Joe Biden because look at his son. The, I, and Donald I, Trump will get exactly what he wanted. I'm not disputing your talking points here. Okay. I don't have talking points. I, I they don't send me nothing. I understand. So, um, I mean, that's one of the actually interesting stories from yesterday was Republicans were complaining about the amount of talking points they're getting from the White House. I will say, thankfully, the White House is actually sending out talking points at this point. They I just actually, hope they match. They have up their they have up their game. Hire Tony Sayeg, who's who's fantastic, and Pam Bondi, the former AG of. Uh, Florida, who, uh, who Pam Bondi knows her. No, okay, so so they're finally getting around to taking. I mean, they're getting rid of the Rex getting, Tellersons. They're of the world. getting around to taking this seriously. However, however, okay, that's not what we're facing right now. The, the Democrats really want to remove Trump. Focus on beating him at the ballot box. Okay, because this isn't going to work, and fine. this is a waste of time. That's that's fine. I th and the truth is, Willie Brown wrote in San Francisco Chronicle just last week, <laughs> very clearly that when this is all done and Trump is not removed from office, what will you have to show? The president will say, "I won," and then what? You wasted months on this and money. That's all. All that Brown, the former Democrat. I understand. All very plausible. All very possible. This is Spin Class here with Michael Fragan and Bruce Backman here on the Nachum Single Network. Um, I all very good points, Bruce. The problem is, is that right now, the situation that you're that that they're facing. Either you want to say they are taking it seriously, they're not taking it seriously. They are playing the game. It's it is what it is. Um, I think it would could have been avoidable. It should have been avoidable. I think. Many mistakes were made for whatever reason. Republicans are, I think, did do a decent job yesterday at 
talking about the fact that this was hearsay. They tried to, you know, impeach. Somebody the, said the, that it's worth investigating the Hunter Biden stuff. Okay, no, no, I'm talking. Kent said it's worth investigating yeah, Hunter Biden. Fine, but that's but that's not the issue at hand here. It's not, but it it's makes not, the again, point that you can't have it, a case like this without it, that. It, but you can actually have the Let me case. Tell you something. You if Hunter have, Biden's last name was was Backman, I can assure you, Burisma's not, not giving him fifty thousand dollars a month. I don't, I don't disagree at all. And if Donald Trump Jr.'s name wasn't Donald Trump, he wouldn't be selling. He wouldn't be at the top of the New York Times bestseller list. That is all. Those are all true statements. However, but one of those depends on the government president's power in office, and one of them depends on the president's fame that comes with being in office. No, not the same. They're thing. exactly the same thing. They're very different. Okay. Well, that's it. We diff- we, we, we're Donald gonna di- Trump. We're going to disagree on that. Doesn't, it's uh, very different. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, okay? listen, the fact it doesn't that matter Donald Trump to me. Jr. wrote a book is something in and of itself. Okay, that's fine. But he did write a book, and it is, and the president has tweeted about it and has promoted it, and that is that is what it is. Guess what? People make money on their famous uh, connections. That's that is. Yes, if, but not if we want. If we not want, at the public expense. There's no public. What was the public expense? Burisma is a private, is is a private company. And it, but you're, I think again, we're trying to. Okay, so the the Republicans had some good points. The problem is, is that as some of this information comes out, especially this, I think, revelation yesterday that the president was on a call to Gordon Sondland or Sondland called him and asked specifically about the Bidens after the thing, how are we doing with the investigations? I mean, we'll see. I think, truthfully, this whole thing, this whole inquiry hinges on Sondland. He's the one who spoke to the president. He was the one who's involved, strangely enough, in the whole thing. And we'll we'll have to see is what, what's going on. I Look, I don't know. I personally could do without this whole thing. I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I think the idea that we had a parallel foreign policy, although you know a lot of people in the conservative world say, well, the president can have whatever foreign policy he wants. Well, yes, he can do whatever he wants, but there is a you, we are allowed to have oversight over that foreign policy, and I do think letting Rudy Giuliani unleashing him and letting him freelance and do whatever is in his own self-interest, and I think many of the things were clearly in his own self-interest, um, that should not be, disp- and his perception as a, as a representative of the United States of America, like it or not, that is a cause for concern. That should be a cause for concern for many Americans, and I say this as a Giuliani fan for many years, um, but the guy, if you want to talk about a guy out there for hire making money with some very unsavory characters, and I think personally, in my opinion, I don't have, mm-hmm. from what I've seen so far, having damaged the White House and having damaged the presidency is what's going on. I think Rudy's many in many ways is is very responsible for what's going on here. And well, I mean, I think had, I think the night if if anybody has to fall on a sword, it's going to be Rudy. Okay, well, why hasn't it happened yet? I mean that could that a lot of that could have been you the probably could have been from one from New York and loyalty <laughs> means something. The president still never come to that. Well, I'm not sure he how sticks, many he stuck he sticks by people who he feels are loyal to him. Uh, okay. The only people he gets rid of are people he thinks are disloyal. Histori- I mean I've watched everybody he's let go and I've watched some of them hang around. You know, there's something with the president and loyalty. I mean, I still wonder. I look at Kellyanne Conway and her husband's writing crazy stuff. I still don't get how she's. Yeah, there. her husband's How's, become a talking head for MSNBC. See, I mean, I don't get that at all. And the president, I mean, you know, for whatever reason, she's around. Well, look, she's done a great job as a defender of the president. No question. She's about the that. best defender of the president on television there is. Okay, so let's let's talk about what we liked and what we didn't like from yesterday. Quickly, you think the Dem- uh, Democrats were effective? 
not as effective as I think they overpromised and underdelivered. Okay, I think uh, all in all, I agree with that. I think the I think that again, there's no blue dress. Right, I agree. I agree. They couldn't point to not, a, they not, couldn't point they couldn't connect things directly to President Trump. And ultimately, this inquiry is not an oversight hearing. Mm-hmm. This is about the impeachment of the president and removal or potential removal, eventual removal of the president. That's what you're pushing here. And if you can't tie this directly to the president, Republicans did it very effectively of saying that you've never spoken with You also have to Kent. wonder if it, it, once you tie whatever it is to the president, that it's something that's 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 strong enough to hold him down. Fair enough. Okay. Witnesses, good, bad? Again, under over-promised, under-delivered. Okay. I actually thought the witnesses were incredibly effective i personally i thought the the fact I that mean, none of them the had fact any first-hand that, knowledge of anything the they're, fact, the, they're the star witnesses i don't know about star witnesses i think that they're there adam shift there this is the blockbuster they are there no i think sondland's the star star witness personally i don't see i don't I, I didn't hear that but they are there to say we're gonna say the facts we are not they kept they did not take the republican bait as far as judging what they thought was wrong or this and that they just said that or they, whether it's impeachable, they just said we're here to establish facts, and if, I if thought they, if, I thought they I thought they did a very uh, a very good job of them. Republicans, I thought the Republicans did what they had to do. I thought they were effective. Um, I think the Republicans are in a situation where the process doesn't support them because they're not going to be able to call the witnesses they want. Um, you know, I think not being able to call the witnesses that they choose. No, but how? But how effective were they at? Uh, I think Jim Jordan is very effective. He, I think it's a mistake that he's not running the whole show. But I guess it just it's not going to work out that way. You know who I thought was incredibly effective? It happens to be because I like her. She's a New Yorker. At least Stefanik. Stefanik is very effective. She they, was. People said before that she's going to impress. She was great. And in fact, she was very. And you know, she went. She went after Schiff. He cut her off. I thought that looked like a a bad move Schiff, for him. Schiff has to understand something. That if you want this to really lead to what you want, you're gonna have to give in on the process so the other side can feel that they can sum that there's room there for people to think it's not biased. Right. That's just the way it works. Yeah, I, I thought, don't care. I thought what, it was what, interesting what that so many of the Democrats. When you change the rules to benefit you the way he did, and then you expect everybody's gonna buy it, you know, process is everything in this world. I mean, look what Letitia James is doing in New York now. She's making it impossible to put again put away violent fr- criminals. You know, if you control the process, you control the results. Well, that's what I, we started with. That I said that there are in politics advantages and disadvantages. I no, thought I thought the, the, I the thought process the, in the Senate doesn't benefit him. I, I thought the Republicans game. were were by and large uh, good. Jim Jordan was much better than Devin Nunes. I thought I, I don't think Devin Nunes did a uh, his opening statement just was. You know, he's not let's, Jim Jordan. Is- let's let's go down the rabbit hole once again of another conspiracy theory. And I don't think most people buy that. Um, having said that, uh, I thought there were Republicans that did do that did do a very decent job. And they did it without some of the theatrics that I think would are have been a turnoff to a lot of Americans. Um, the uh, I guess everybody be waiting now to hear more about this phone call. Um, the president, of course, said that he didn't watch any of it except for the fact that he was tweeting pretty much everything for the first hour. Um, well, I mean, or he was in the meeting with the Turkish or, or retweeting. No, 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 not. That was in the afternoon. So they Still. Okay, okay. I, so I think we're pretty strong evidence that he actually did watch it. Uh, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be watching it, given the fact that it was about him, and I think that that was a... But, uh, you know, I think... I want to pivot for a second, because you know, the time that we have left to uh, what happened this week, which... I just want to... One thing before you pivot. I lived through the 1990s. I can't pivot yet? You can okay, if you want. Ahead. It's your show. Okay. But 
I lived through the 1990s. I lived through Republicans going after Bill Clinton for anything and everything in between because they never thought he was a legitimate president. That's the truth. And they didn't. They felt he never won a mandate in either election. Well, well, he never he never won a majority. He for was minority. plurality. I mean, he won in 1992 with 42% of That's the vote. True. There's no question if Ross Perot hadn't been there, George H.W. Bush would have won re-election. And, and in 96, you know, Bob Dole barely didn't lose by what was said to be, and Ross Perot still stole votes from him. Um, and Republicans always felt that he was illegitimate. They controlled the House. Republicans the also felt that Obama was illegitimate. So yes, but they didn't go after Obama the same way because Obama had mandates. Um, it's it's a mistake for the party in opposition very often to do this. And you would think that eventually we learn from our mistakes of history. But I guess some mistakes have to be learned yourself. Um, I just think that at the end of the day, the Democrats, for their disdain of this president may be very uncomfortably in a very short time sitting on the Capitol Hill steps watching him take his second oath of office if they don't come up with something that's more effective. That's all. Don't disagree. So uh, in, that, in that vein, let's talk about the 2020 re-election fundraiser for America First, a Orthodox-focused, Orthodox-Jewish-focused fundraiser. fundraiser in history. Okay, so let's talk about it. Bruce, you were there, front I seat. I was there. Can you, um, what, what can you tell us? It was a very... First, I think it was a very important event for the Orthodox Jewish community, those who support the president who came out. I think they got to discuss some of their issues and show the you know that their support for the president Jewish community. I mean, the president many times said that he doesn't have support from most Jews in America, but clearly in this room, he's very popular. Um, you know, he was incredibly popular by the people there. He's done a lot of things that Orthodox Jews like, um, you know, from... I, I say it or not. I mean, Shalom Rabashkin got out of jail. The acknowledgement of Israel as a capital, you know, the Golan Heights stuff, and generally in the fact that you know Israel has a friend in the White House, and the and the Orthodox Jewish community has a friend in the White House. I mean, you don't have to like Donald Trump, but I mean, it's very hard for an Orthodox Jew. There are many Orthodox Jews who do not like Donald Trump, but it's hard for them to acknowledge that Donald Trump hasn't been good for Israel or causes that are important to Orthodox Jews. And they should, they and should they acknowledge should, it, and they should acknowledge it. I mean, it's painful for them to acknowledge it sometimes, but I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Barack Obama, you know, the president said very funny. He said. He says, yeah, I speak to Bibi all the time. I'm not really sure, you know, paraphrasing, obviously. Uh, he says, I don't know what Obama was up to. He really didn't like Israel. You know, Bibi would tell me all the time that, like, yeah, it was really uncomfortable coming here. He says, well, not anymore. And everybody's like hooting and hollering and all that stuff. But, you know, the president has dealt with Jewish people in business and being from New York for many years. And he definitely is fond of Jewish people. I mean, sometimes he says things in a way that some people could find a little bit, you know, unusual in the verbiage. Such as? Um, you know, he's philo-Semitic. There was a nice piece in the tablet this week. You know, he loves Jews so much. He's so impressed by the wizardry and business and finance and success in society that he um, totes it. And some people find that somewhat offensive. But to a certain degree, the president... You know, I, I always say that when people talk about President Trump, I always remember back to The Apprentice when there was a person who was on the show who was orthodox. And um, there was an issue about an event they were doing on Shabbos. And this was on the show way before he was running for president. And this guy wasn't going to be able to come on Shabbos. And one of the team members was very tough on him, another Jewish guy who wasn't observant, I think Russian kid. And he's like, you can't be on the team. You should be thrown out if you're not going to come on Shabbos. And the president got involved. And there was a whole scene. He's like, I deal with a lot of Orthodox Jews. He must celebrate Sabbath. And you're Jewish. You can't come to work either on the Sabbath. And I saw that. There's a video. I don't know where the clip is. It's an apprentice clip. And I saw it many years ago. It was distributed on website probably a decade ago. 
But the president has a certain appreciation and respect for Orthodox Jewish observance and, and tradition and family. I mean, his daughter, he always says, is Jewish, but he respects it. And uh, the people, there's a lot of love in, th- in the Orthodox community for the president. The president would be in the 90s or the 80s or definitely high 70s. I mean, look where we live in the five towns. I mean, you know, places in Borough Park, people love this president. You know, it doesn't carry over to everybody who's Jewish in the country, but definitely there's a feeling that he's our guy. Anything, uh, anything happened or anything you saw that you found unusual? Um, Noteworthy, good or bad? You know, it was amazing. Sorry to stump you. No, you're not stumping me. The truth, a lot of the most prominent Orthodox Jewish businessmen and philanthropists were in the room without their cell phones for three hours. I mean, it would have been a great time to have a takeover or something. (laughs) (laughs) You should have seen all of them running for the door when it was over that they had to give up their phones for a few hours. I don't want to say names, but from business, real estate to finance to hedge funds running to get their phones. You know, it's pretty impressive to get all those people to give up their phones for that period of time was quite something. So what's it? What's I find interesting. You know what else was impressive? As well, the women. Okay. It was a business lunch in Manhattan, and there was a lot of spouses and children, people who could obviously afford what was a very expensive ticket price. Um, How much? I don't know. I didn't pay. I uh, helped. Uh, of course. Little... I wasn't suggesting. I came it. up with, you know, I could tell people. I came up with the name Paja. So, uh, which was the official sponsoring which organization. The official sponsoring organization, which was the Patriotic Alliance of Jewish Americans. So uh, that was my in there. But uh it was it was a very impressive event, and I think it's important the president sees that you know the work he's done to benefit Orthodox Jews and Jews in general in Israel and around the world in other countries too with things of resur- you know protecting grave sites in Europe and things like that you know is being appreciated. Well, we're gonna have to leave it at that for this week here on Spin Class, Bruce. Thank you for that great inside insight into uh, into what was a. I think a very memorable event for a lot of people uh, in Manhattan this week. Uh, That's it here on Spin Class here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs.